welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian Maurer, we're back. We're two days out of MLS's return for the 2024 season. Man, how are you doing? How excited are you? Oh, man, I'm I'm extremely pumped. I also feel like I'm really like tuned in. I don't know what it was from the end of last year to through this offseason into the beginning of this year. I really feel like I'm way more locked into just everything that's going on with the league. We're also doing a midday recording, completely new look for us. Yeah, we sat down to try to record last night. Brian's internet was not working very well. We pivoted. It's President's Day. We're both off, and it is 1.55 p.m. on a Monday. I don't know if I've ever recorded a podcast while the sun is out. I don't know if I like it or not. The lighting is definitely a whole new ball game. That's that's to say the least. <laughs> it's throwing me off, man. Like I feel like I have more energy at night. Like Right now, I feel like I've been up for a while, but I feel like I'm still waking up. You know, I don't know. Yeah. All right, but let's let's go ahead and get into the episode, Brian, man. I'm, I'm excited to be back. So let's just do some general housekeeping stuff. So earlier this week, we announced our Dropping Points Fantasy League. That is live. And when we go ahead and post this to X, Twitter, whatever you refer to, to that social media site as, we will put the link to this episode. We will also put the link to the Dropping Points Fantasy League As of right now, we have about 80 folks in it. That's pretty good for about 48 hours after launching. So if you guys are interested, please come and join. We're working on solidifying a prize for the winner for the end of the season. So stay tuned to that. We look forward to some friendly competition, some banter. We will update everybody on the weekly top five every time we release one of these shows. Speaking of social media, we also have TikTok. Thanks to our guy, Brooks. Shout out to Brooks. Brooks has been doing a phenomenal job with some video editing things that Brian and I could not even fathom doing. Like I can crop something on my phone, a video, I can trim it, but like, I can't put graphics in there. I can't put videos in there. And Brooks is doing a hell of a job. So in addition to following us on Twitter, go ahead and follow us over on TikTok. We're trying to post daily. We're taking and ripping clips from the episodes and stuff like that. So give us a follow over on TikTok if that's your thing as well. Yeah. He he makes my, he makes my monotone voice look way better. (laughs) exactly (laughs) like if you don't like listening to us at least it's you know like appealing to the eye right and then the last general piece of the housekeeping is that yes we're recording today on a monday uh usually we're going to be recording on tuesdays and releasing on wednesdays that is the the time that brian and i schedules matches up best so that's what we'll be doing so we hope to get these episodes to you guys in time for those midweek games on double game weeks brian did i miss anything are we good no i think that covers all of our bases it's awesome. I, lo- I love just the amount of um, uh, new new areas we're looking to improve on and 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 accomplish. So I'm I'm really excited about this year and what else we're going to be bringing to the table. Yeah, especially the video. Like we're a couple yeah. good looking guys, you know. <laughs> you know, in addition to being fantasy geniuses, like we want you to see our faces as well. Yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right. So this is usually the time that we get in and we talk about, you know, what we what went wrong for us the previous week in MLS fantasy, what we call our dropped points, what we are named after, 
we haven't dropped any points yet. I'm sure we'll be back with you with like paragraphs next week of where we went wrong. Blake, myself, you know, just not picking messy because I want to be different and I'm driving content for, for the podcast, whatever we had, we didn't drop any points this week, but MLS fantasy has, man, there's a lot of new rules and, and point changes in MLS fantasy this year. So I have about six of them. I'll, I'll run through really quick and we'll talk about maybe the implications on them uh, really quickly before we get into the, some more MLS fantasy stuff. So key passes are now one point for every four. It was one point for every three last year. And I believe some of the years before that, no points for big chances created. That is a bummer for a lot of our guys that are high volume chance creators. Uh, blocks only earn a point when the shot is deemed to be on frame. Okay. Uh, no bonus points for interceptions, tackles, or recoveries. That's really unfortunate for a lot of our center backs. And that puts a lot of emphasis now, I believe, on fullbacks, attacking yep. fullbacks, I should say. No loss of points for errors that lead to a goal. No secondary assists. I think that is the biggest one, man. Yeah. I think that's, that's the good. biggest one. And then one point for aerials, aerial duels. One, shout out to Christian Benteke there. Could be a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it also the second assist because it's also what you said at the top, right? No more points for big chances created either, which I think it like kind of goes hand in hand. So like a lot of those chance, I mean, that devalues. I would say like Carlos Hill, like a lot. Yeah. Like, so he'll I mean, still get the, that, he'll still get the key passes, but yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, just the 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 second assist, but I feel like second assist is, or just like any of those kind of like dual like dual eight roles where like you're the you're Aiden Morris last year Aiden Morris was a guy that we would go to on a 50 50 or a long shot week throughout the Mm -hmm. year right just depending on the matchup and now it's like you're not going to get an Aiden Morris primary assist or Aiden Morris goal very often so like what is the benefit of picking one of those guys you know now it is literally when you're picking mids whereas you probably could get away with picking a number eight you know, that, that played both sides of the ball and Aid Morris was a tackling machine and not just Aid Morris, but Aguido, Wobodo, whatever his name is over in Cincinnati, like a couple of those guys that you could pick from job hollow and, and Seattle as well. Like they were getting interceptions, tackles, recoveries, all those things that were bonus points. And now it just devalues that position and makes you only pick center attacking midfielders. Yeah. It's pretty much now cams forwards, and fullbacks. fullbacks. Yeah, that's kind of going to be a huge, huge, huge uh, direction change from from which is I think I think kind of like that leans more. I mean, Blake, I know you were introduced to FPL this year, kind of more in the FPL range of kind of right. like how points are distributed. It kind of really sticks into those categories of like clean sheet dependent center backs. So like yeah. just the elite, the best teams at goalkeeper and center back, and then you kind of are stuck with attacking fullbacks and, and, and the like across the board. So, I mean, we'll see how this game goes, but I really feel like that was one advantage that MLS had for yeah. me personally, in terms of fan the fantasy game is that you kind of had a way more diverse range of how players could succeed at the, in the fantasy version of the game in terms of how you could choose between picking them. I feel like yeah. this kind of simplifies it, which might bring more people in, I guess, but also it kind of, makes the game more diluted in terms of just you don't have as much variety in how you can play. Yeah. And more points are fun, right? Like I don't want to score less points on a weekly basis. No. I love those weeks when I'm pushing a hundred on a single game week, just because, yeah. you know, there's, there's all these bonus points available. And actually yeah. now that I'm thinking about what my lineup is right now, like I have Ian Murphy in from FC Cincinnati, just because he's a value pick in week one. Yeah. And, but he has no attacking value. And now that I'm talking about this and we're running through the rules, I'm like, well, there's no point. 
they are playing Toronto. So if he gets a clean sheet, that's great. But a good chance of that. I'd say there's still a decent chance of that. Yeah. But like it's fullback heavy, it's forward yep. heavy, and it's center attack midfield heavy right now. Yeah, so sure. I think those are the main implications. We'll kind of figure it out as we go and see the points and see where people rank, you know, all that good stuff. But Brian, let's go ahead and get into our, our big three things on a weekly basis. This is usually going to be things that we learned from the previous week of MLS fantasy this week. It's going to be things that either we're reviewing on from last season or that we've maybe learned from the off season. Brian, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I think right off the bat, the first thing that people are going to be looking at in terms of starting at the beginning again this year versus where things were at the end of last year is the team value back down to 100 mil, the starting level. Whereas last year, by the end of the season, we're all pretty much buying any, you know, any player you want and, you know, switch a ruling, keep a ruling and just having tons of money to burn. Now budgets are going to be tight to start the year. And I kind of averaged it out. 100 mil for 15 spots. That means you got about 6.67 mil per spot. We're so Obviously, poor right now. Yeah. So it's, a, <laughs> it's about half of what players cost by the end of last year. So um, you have you have a way tighter budget right there off the bat. A lot, obviously, Keeperu and Switcheroo is pretty close to off the table because you only have – so say you even had just you, – you blanked on your four bench spots. You just went four mil, which I think – Obviously, it's really a strategy for a lot of people. That's why uh, that Vancouver goalkeeper, uh, the four mil, uh, he's like one of the most owned. Because you just, yep, you just have an automatic uh, uh, blank there essentially. And so, if you even if you do that, you still only have eighty four mil for then your starting spots, which equates to about just over seven and a half uh, mil per per spot you're spending on. So you really have to be way more cautious right now on how you diversify that spending. I think the best this best way, and I think we talked about this again at the beginning of last year as well, is really saving money on goalkeepers and defenders, especially early on, because it's just mm-hmm. that's where you can save money. Overall, points per game average, mids and forwards just are gonna have, you know, they're gonna be higher. That's even more expand, uh, you know, expounded by the fact that we, we just talked about the new rule changes. Defenders are taking probably the biggest hit. Uh, yeah. because they're just now it's way more uh, way more goal dependent clean sheet game goals overall i'd say a little bit more common than clean sheets and just being able to pick out who the goal scorers are is a little bit easier week to week than picking out clean sheets things like that and so there's just a lot more value in saving money at goalkeeper defenders spending more at mids and forwards they're also cost more you know which you know it goes back to that that fact as well so i'm looking at really maybe even just going with three starting defenders and blanking two of them. That's one option. I'm definitely blanking a goalkeeper. So it's just a way of trying to think about how to spend that money mm-hmm. um, and, and maximize its usefulness. Cause again, right now money is tighter. And so keeping players that could play on your bench right now, I mean, it's just essentially dead money, which has a way that dead money is a way higher percentage than it is midway through the season when we're playing keeper rules we're sacrificing essentially likely a, a player if it doesn't hit on your bench but you can afford it because that seven mil just doesn't really matter all that much seven mil if you miss on a seven mil right now that's a that's a pretty hefty chunk that's like three mil wasted essentially because you could have blanked that spot at four and now you've just lost uh a little bit more than like you've lost three percent right? 3% of your entire spend. So that's just one way to kind of look at that. I'd say right out of the gate is just kind of really being cautious. And I, I, I really like to, I'm a numbers guy. So I really like to break things down position by position. So just something to think about. I won't uh, try to bore y'all all with that as 
as Blake was writing, uh, as I was writing these notes out, Blake mentioned there's a lot of mathing going on. And I was like, all right, that's a good note to take to just like simplify it <laughs> you down. Got, you guys will probably, there are numbers everywhere. And I, now, yeah. No, fair. Another fair point. I, I will. I'm going to try to. I have it all broken down. So I'll, I might just write out a quick article. I know I, I was hoping to do a lot more of that last year, mm-hmm. and we'll see how much I can get done. But I definitely think I can get get this done since I already have it all kind of broken down for myself anyway. So you. anyway, so I'll have more of that. Uh, more of that to come. But essentially, that's a good. I think I just, a wrapping up point of just how to kind of look at it early on. Save with the goalkeepers and defenders. Spend with the mids and forwards, and be cautious with how you do switcheroos and keeperoos early on, because that dead money can easily cost you uh, out of the gate. Uh, it's kind of my my initial synopsis of of the season so far, going into looking at team value. My second point uh, is the 2024 winter window is on track to be the most money spent by MLS clubs in league history. Lots of new and some returning names this year uh, means lots of new variability and opportunities in, in MLS fantasy. Um, so essentially what I just, I mean by that is just, there's, there's going to be a lot of changes early on. Certain players are going to hit like, I mean, so we're talking about like Musa being a really expensive player in FC Dallas at 8.5 mil, but he actually hasn't ever done anything here, but people are going to be betting on it. Similar to what we, we all bet on Martin Ojeda last year to start the year, super cheap DP at 6.5 mil did not really pan out in fantasy. His numbers ended up being good, but he didn't start, I would say enough to really make him, um, viable a viable fantasy option often enough we'll see how that trends this year but i I think that's just another thing to note there's just a lot of variability which means there's going to be opportunity but there's also going to be cost associated with that uh trying to take advantage of those opportunities because i mean there's easily chances there's going to be a ton of situations where players just don't hit um i think that pretty much wraps wraps that point up as well my last one speaking on major changes major changes happen throughout the season when we went into our year last year and we recorded our first episode, I went back and listened to what our first, uh, we did, we did like a draft. If, if y'all are fans of the show from, from day one, a shout out to y'all for hanging with us this whole time. And two, we did a, a draft back and forth where we each took turns drafting player. We set up some, um, sort of preliminary rules to it. Like we could only draft three DPs, which was a, a cost over a certain amount. Uh, and then we had to pick one sort of like, long shot flyer option that was like a under i think it was seven mil and then we kind of had to fill out the rest of our roster and we drafted back and forth and uh me specifically did really really horrible we could have done a whole dropped dropping points segment on it had a lot of players that were did not pan out the same way they did insigne vasquez at the top of that list for sure but lewis morgan also there obviously that was a little bit unfortunate because he had an injury um, things like that. Blake had picked Petrovic, who got sold in the summer, right? Diego Fagundes didn't have the year uh, that we kind of all expected because Austin's just overall just inability to kind of um, match their success from the year before. Things like that. That all happens throughout the course of this year. So where things stand in terms of how you feel about different teams, different players going into the season, I really feel like there's going to be changes as there always is in MLS. And the big point to make is how quickly can you adapt to those changes and redirect your choices week to week? I think the big one last year was Philadelphia. We both bet big on Philadelphia out of the gate just because of how well, like extraordinarily well they did the year before. But as we should have probably realized, there is a regression to just like the numbers they put up in 2022 were outrageous. Mm-hmm. And so there should have been on our point, I think that's one area where it was like, hey, that's a pretty obvious 
area for a regression to happen just because they were like historically good. And so I think that was one area where I think for us and for a lot of teams, um, you had to, how quickly were you able to alter your direction from a team like Philadelphia that kind of really overperformed in 2022, which made it like obvious that they were going to just have to regress to the mean a bit in 2023. Hey, I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid because I got, I got two (laughs) Philly players in my lineup right now. (laughs) Me too, actually. So I'm, I'm taking my own advice kind of poorly right now but right right it's like and like you said it's not even like they did poorly they just didn't meet the same expectations that they did that they set for themselves in 2022 which were just absolutely ridiculous like sub 30 goals allowed a a million goals scored like you're never going to replicate that from a year-to-year basis but yeah brian matchups are key right matchups are key like so it doesn't matter at the end of the day matchups are key so they beat out those things it's just a matter of like not leaning on the bias of like, well, Philly had, like had so many clean sheets the year before, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. So, but matchups still rule. So, yep, yep, yep. Got to take it for what it is. Look at the matchups. Consider what they did in the off season and then their current form, things like that. But Brian, yep. those were uh, good three points. I have three as well. So mine are going to consist of like underperformers and overperformers from last year and how I see that fitting into this year. Some guys that are really, really consistent that might have had slightly down years last year. And then some new coaches. So we'll start with the overperformers and underperformers. New York City FC and Minnesota United FC were two of the biggest underperformers of the 2023 season, Brian. Despite finishing fourth in their respective conferences and expected goal differential, both teams missed the playoffs, finishing 11th in their conference standings. New York City FC have spent nearly 20 mil on U22 attackers, while Minnesota United FC have Reynoso from the jump, Pookie for the full season, and Robin Lode is healthy. Still no coach this year, obviously. For, well, actually, Tom Bogert announced something today. Looks like they're going to get the set-piece coach, I think, from, from Manchester United. That's what my Manchester United buddy, Dakota Rock, told me. So we'll see. Nice. Anyways, I think both teams have a bounce-back year this year, which is good for their fantasy players' values and relevancy. You can add Emil Forsberg and New York Red Bulls to the underperformance conversation as well. On that flip side, there's St. Louis, right? <laughs> They are the overperforming outlier from the 2023 season, second to worst expected goal differential in the in the West, yet they topped the conference. Will this be a regression to the main year? I think it will be, Brian. I think it will be. We'll see. I'm, I'm putting out my Western Conference projections um, after this, and I think they're going to be outside of the playoffs for me, but we'll, I digress. Let's get into the guys that are consistent. Ooh. Yeah, hey, I also am the guy that put Charlotte dead last, so... <laughs> My apologies. We'll see what happens. All right. So consistency is an incredibly difficult thing in a parity driven league like MLS, but Carlos Hill and Hani Mukhtar have exemplified what year over year success looks like. Carlos Hill is the only player in MLS to rank in the top five and assists in each of the last three seasons. He's recorded 47 assists in that time, not to mention the key passes either. He's led the league in two of the last three seasons in that category, which is important again for this year, although it's, it's, to get a point, it's gone from three key passes to four. So we'll see if Carlos Hill keeps that up. As for Hani, nobody has scored more goals in MLS over the last three seasons than the 2022 Golden Boot winner. Hani has scored 54 goals over the last three seasons. 54, Brian. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So both of those guys had down years in 2023. But when I say down, just like Philly in 2022 to 2023, I don't mean bad, just not monster numbers that we've come to expect. So I would expect big things from those two guys this season. And then us, Brian and I over here at the Dropping Points podcast, we love a new coach bump. If you listen to the podcast last year, 
if a coach got fired, we were picking a bunch of guys from that team the very next week. It was like clockwork, right? So since the last time we recorded a podcast, there have been nine head coaching hires, and that's not counting Minnesota United, who look to have their guy, and uh, Miami, because Tata came in the summer. Literally over a quarter of the league's teams have a new manager this season. That's um, that's kind of MLS gone wild. But, you know, you ask your question, how is that fantasy relevant? Two of the top five teams in 2023 fantasy points per game had new coaches. So my big question here is, and I don't mean to, you know, end these with questions, but it is a question and it's something to consider. Who will be this year's Wilfred Nancy or Ben Olsen? Brian, you don't have to answer that, but like that's something for everybody to consider. Okay. Dean Smith. All right. Bro- Smith. Uh, Dean Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be pretty incredible. That would be incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe I I don't know. I think the easy one here would be for me. I'm like New York Red Bulls. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a I lot think. a lot more lot, lot less risky bets. Yeah, great defense. Just got a really good DP. Dante Van Zee's Van Zier's in his in his second year. Lewis Morgan's coming back. Like, yeah, it's probably my easy pick. But let's get into the important fantasy related news. We're gonna get to talk about this upcoming week. Match week one is a double game week because of course it is. Yeah. Uh, Miami and RSL open up the 2024 MLS season this Wednesday over on Apple TV. Uh, Miami, they have a home and away in this double game week, and RSL are away in both of their matches. The Vancouver Whitecaps, that is the first MLS team to be eliminated from CONCACAF Champions Cup. They have a bye this week. Speaking of CONCACAF Champions Cup, we got a bunch of teams playing in it midweek, so keep an eye out for rotation on the weekend. St. Louis, Houston, Philly, they all play away on Tuesday. New England, Orlando, they play away on Wednesday. And then our Thursday games away, Nashville and FC Cincinnati. Let's see how lineups are impacted um, come this weekend. Cincinnati play, uh, well, actually both Nashville and Cincinnati play on Sunday, I do believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Notable suspensions, Matt Miazga, Kai Wagner, Notable injuries, Ache Ache is out. And we had some question marks about Busquets. Maybe he was questionable, but it sounds like Sergio Busquets is going to go um, for Miami. We'll see how many minutes he has in his legs. And then Jesus Ferreira is doubtful for the season opener. Um, and uh, Musa is also, I don't think, with the team yet. And then Paxton Pomicall. Um, all that information, thanks to a tweet from Drew Epperly. So that should probably impact how you're picking the FC Dallas and San Jose game this yeah. weekend. One last thing to note about that as well is just like because of all the, I mean, we talked about the record transfer window. A lot of these players are coming from um, out of the country, which means mm-hmm. there's going to be potential vi- visa issues, right? So even though a player might be signed, they might be still working through different visa uh, work-related issues, and so the, like just documentation and all that stuff. And so that's definitely for the first few weeks because of every state being um, different in terms of how they out like let this all happen and 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 work it work through all of the diff- different forms and all that. Worth yeah. keeping an eye on that there could be some miss like just missing players. Um, so just try to keep an eye out for that, especially this week and then maybe just the next week or two as as players get acclimated and, and get the necessary documentation to be able to to work and play. Like there might be players that played in preseason. They're allowed to do that because it's not technically work. They're played, I think, by game. And so it's once they actually they're not allowed to hit the field in games is I think oftentimes where those visas are more required. So just something else to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, and even if they have a little green dot next to their name in MLS Fantasy, it does not actually mean that they are like ready and available because uh, Musa has a green dot next to his name. Kuiper's from Chicago has a green dot, like saying that they're yeah. available, but eh, I don't know. You might want to, you know, check around on Twitter, check around on the internet, or listen to this podcast, and we'll try to keep you as up to date as possible. Uh, Brian, uh, let's go back and forth on the matchups here, huh? What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, I will, since since we're going to open up with the crew, I'll start with the crew. So we're doing crew versus Atlanta is going to be the first matchup to target. And there's a lot of reasons to target this one, but no more reasons are more important that there are going to be a bunch of goals, I think, in this game. Two yeah. of the highest scoring teams in MLS last season. They both met five times last year, totaling 23 goals in all five matchups. Crew outscored Atlanta 12-3 in last season's matchups. Uh, I think that meant to say home matchups there. And then Atlanta conceded the second most goals in the East last season and lost Miles Robinson to FCC this offseason. Players to target there for the crew, Cucho, Rossi, and then Matan. Matan is a sneaky pick here at six and a half. He's in my lineup currently. Um, he's a good differential pick. A lot of those, you know, top tier midfielders are eight mil. That saves you about a mil and a half. So, um, yeah, I think Matan's a pretty good pick. And then Atlanta, obviously, you have Almeida, GG um Lennon and then Saba and Silva but do you have anything to add to that one Brian no I, I, that's the game I'm probably most excited for uh this upcoming yeah. weekend besides obviously Charlotte's home opener but just actually what um I'm hoping I think they play early don't they is that the two o'clock or the, the four two o'clock game yeah, two yeah so I, I'm excited to be able to hopefully tune into that one I mean that both of those teams are just on the attacking set it's just yes. it's banger central so it's just a fun a fun matchup to watch yeah stay overall. away from the stay away from the defenses pick yeah. some attackers out of that game definitely you're going to want to have cucho if you don't have cucho you're going to be missing out yeah. um yeah 100 percent. now if you are looking for some defenders this next matchup there should be some that would that would be good picks uh fcc versus toronto uh fcc open up as the best betting favorite this weekend uh versus toronto with a 76 percent chance to win uh according to dimers.com uh, another good source of info we've been using that since we started really uh uh, getting all our notes prepared for this show. They have a lot a lot of MLS betting breakdowns, so definitely worth checking out there. They're also the official MLS um, betting source, so they're like right on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, anyway, I digress. The, the FCC is the 2023 Shield winners, scored three goals in both their matchups versus Toronto last season, uh, and Toronto have made no significant offseason additions after finishing dead last in the league last season. To note, uh, Miazga will be suspended for this match, as we talked about earlier, but some other players to target. Uh, Celentano, uh, Murphy at a discount because, I mean, he's almost guaranteed to be starting now that Miazga is on a suspension. Miles Robinson, Barrial, Acosta, Bopenza, Baird is a value striker option. Uh, I would say basically anyone. When you have that high of a probability of winning, and I think the probability of, like, being uh shut out by toronto their uh, dimers has given like an eight percent chance so it's like locked in that there's going to be goals so definitely looking at looking at them um toronto uh, i mean, I guess you could say insignia bernadeschi talented players maybe osario but i mean gosh it's just that's a super it's a, it's a, it's a, there's just no there's just no reason to take a chance on them right now when you have yeah. other more risky long shot 50 50 chances right. and, and way and better situations so yeah, i'm avoiding and, and toronto for sure yeah, away against the arguably the best team in the league. Like there's yeah. there's no chance. Earlier I said that uh, Ian Murphy is in my lineup, and as the week goes on, we'll we'll see if I keep him in there. Yeah. Somebody else that I think he's in my lineup right now is Roman Celentano for FC Cincinnati. Like that's yeah. a that's a question a lot of people are 
you know, throwing around on Twitter, like, do you, do you mess around with McMath or Drake calendar? Um, because I don't know, neither of those two teams are known to really be um, shut out Kings of the league or anything like that. But FC Cincinnati at home against Toronto FC, like there, it's pretty favorable to have a clean sheet. So I think Roman's in my, in my lineup right now. Yep. All right, so then let's go to Philly versus the Chicago Fire. So according to that wonderful website that we just referenced, dimers.com, Philly Philly have a 64% chance to win. That's good for the second-best odds during the opening match week. Philly haven't lost at home to the Fire in over a decade, dating back to August 3rd, 2013. That's a little interesting stat to note there. Also to note, Kai Wagner serving the third game of his three-game suspension this weekend versus Chicago. Union have lost just two of their last 25 matches at home in all competition. And players to target for Philly, we have goalkeeper Andre Blake, value fullbacks Nathan Harriall and Matthew Real, Gazdog. So here's something that's also interesting to note. He scored the most PKs in the league last season with 11, and Chicago conceded the most PKs in the league last season. That number is also 11, so you bet it. Uh, yeah. Daniel Gazdog is in my lineup. Of course he is. I go back to the well again. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then Julian Carranza. And then Chicago, I have Kuypers down here, but I don't know if he's going to be available for Chicago. And then Brian Gutierrez and then uh, Shakiri as well. Brian, do you have anything to add on to that matchup? Um, I mean, I'm definitely avoiding Chicago this week, but I am keeping an eye on both Kuypers. I mean, you can't uh, ignore the transfer fee they paid. I mean, if he pans out, obviously he's, I mean, based on that transfer fee, could be a really, really big time player in this league. Um, but also at the same time, there's been Ezekiel Barcos who've come in on big transfer fees and have not panned out in the same way. So I'm keeping an eye on on that situation as the season progresses. I also like a lot of their other moves. But again, it's just a, Chicago fire is theoretical right now, right? They made a lot of interesting moves. We got to see how it kind of plays out. Gutierrez is another one. Like I'm really keeping an eye on him. I really liked a lot of what I saw last year, but no way I'm I'm prepared to bet on it week one. I'd like to see, I'd like more information to see kind of how things play out there. All right, so Orlando versus Montreal is the next matchup we have keyed in on. Orlando are the third best odds to win, 62%. Montreal went 2-2-13 and on the road last year, conceding 40 goals, which is the most in MLS. Players to target, Facundo Torres, who's actually currently in my lineup right now. Uh, Martin Ojeda, if he can like lock down a starting job, I mean, I really like that value there. Uh, Angulo Halese, who's also right now, he's my starting goalkeeper. Uh, Janssen, Bracolo, Santos, and McGuire. We'll see how McGuire's role pans out. That whole saga is a whole nother, whole nother story for a whole nother time. Um, and then for Montreal, Kokaro, Yankov, Schoenier, uh, Schoenier, right? And Juan. Uh, but I'm staying away from Montreal defenders on the road. They proved to me last year that they're very susceptible to giving up goals on the road as they did time and time and time again. Um, I do like, again, they're another situation where it's like, but it's all theoretical, like Chicago. I like a lot of the moves they made in the changes, and it looks like they have completely revamped their starting lineup, but it's a matter of just seeing how it all clicks. Uh, right. But I am keying in on some of those players we mentioned. I'm just waiting before actually using them. Yeah, I really like Juan. 
the right back that's going to be playing in Laurent Courtois system over there in Montreal. Yeah. Courtois came under, he, you know, he learned under the, the Wilfred Nancy coaching tree and we all know how Wilfred Nancy likes to play fullback, super high involved in the attack. And I think Juan actually had really, he's had really good attacking output when he was with Orlando, when he's been with DC and now he's in a system that, that may suit his, his skill set better than anywhere he's ever been. So I think he's one to watch out for. I think Montreal is just a overall, just a, a team that, that I really like that's under a new coach that made some good moves that, you know, we're, yeah, I, I like what they're doing in Montreal. And I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully picking them when they're at home, because like we said, they suck away from home until proven otherwise. Right. So that's, that's what we're going off of. And then, so everything that we've done is in the East and the East is going to be a gauntlet this year, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but we do have one Western conference game that we'll touch on. So Portland have the best, the fourth best odds to win at 61%. Portland have scored three goals in each of their last two home matchups. First, the Rapids, which is who they're playing this weekend. Rapids were the worst away team in the West last season, sporting a record of two, four, and 11, and 38 goals conceded with a negative 25 goal differential. Portland conceded the third most goals in the 2023 season, uh, which was 58 behind only the Galaxy and Toronto. Um, so that's interesting to note for Portland, but Portland made a lot of really good defensive changes, right? They got Kerpo, they got Kamal Miller, um, you know, McGrath is already back there. Mascara's on one side and um, I think it's Bravo on the left. I feel, I feel like he's hurt. Um, I don't know. I have no guarantees on that, but I like the, the defensive moves that Portland has made to sure up that really leaky defense last year. Um, but the Rapids look very different this year as well. They added Georgie Mihailovic, who had an incredible season in 2021 in Montreal. Sam Vines, who spent a couple years in Colorado. Zach Steffen, who was incredible for the Columbus crew back in 2017 to 2019, I'm pretty sure. Then went to Man City. And then Omir Fernandez, who was a pretty good you know, attacking piece for the New York Red Bulls. And then you know, Portland, they still do have two DP spots open, but they still have a Vander. So we'll see how they fill those two open spots, but players to target for Portland, a Vander, obviously he's their one and only DP right now. Kamal Miller that we touched on Mascara there right back who looked really good in spurts last season, Crepo and then um, Moreno. He's actually a pretty good value play this week. I kind of like him. And then Colorado has Georgie, their striker Navarro Ronan, who is another one of those guys that might be affected by the point change. Yep. We talked about Aiden Morrison and Wobodo earlier, but Ronan is one of those eights, um, one of those box-to-box midfield guys that's going to be affected by those recoveries, interceptions, tackles, things like that. Um, so he might be out of out of play here. And then Cole Bassett as well. Yep. So now and we got a, a new – I like this other uh, section you added to this, uh, Blake. So shout-out to you on this. Uh, uh, the away team of the week, as you notice, based on our matchups – the majority of what we're highlighting is the home teams because obviously there's just a distinct advantage to playing at home in MLS. But there is an away team of the week that we want to highlight, and that's the New England Revs. New England have the highest percentage chance of winning of any of the away teams in match week one at 29%. New England swept the season series versus D.C. last year, beating them by a combined six goals to one. And D.C. conceded most home goals in the Eastern Conference in 2023 at 23 goals allowed. Um, players to target. Carlos Hill, Chancale, uh, oh my goodness, Yerovich, great value there, uh, Dewan Jones, uh, and their new goalkeeper, uh, uh, his name is Rabas, I believe. Rabas, 
Yeah, so, sure, I mean, sure. I could have told you anything, and you might have went with it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could not remember. His name is uh, Brian Maurer. Brian Maurer is the Revs goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> so just you know, play me. I'm at a value at uh, like negative two. <laughs> Well, hey, man, if that's, you know, you're going to come yeah. in, you're going to have a great year, then you're going to get sold to Europe for a bunch of money. That's great. Good there for you, Brian. There it is. Nice. There it is. There it is. But anyway, so the guy the guy shooting goals at me will be uh, uh, Christian Benteke is another uh, name to keep an eye on, even though we highlighted the New England Revs. Um, yeah. Benteke is also, especially with the aerials, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. aerials are now a point edition. So uh, that is one name in that matchup to keep an eye on for D.C. as well that I, I would say is relatively safe. The rest of D.C., again, I like their changes. But – for me right now, the only real safe play is Ben Tech, just based on what we saw last season. Yeah. What is it like six points for a goal? Is that what it is? Uh, five. I think it's five for four five. and six for defenders. So they okay. do, I think they increase it for defenders, but I mean, if, I mean, the amount if of, he, wins, if, if he wins five aerial duels, that's equivalent to, you know, a goal. If, if it's yeah. one per, if it's one per, or duel. I don't know that it is. Yeah. I wonder what his average, I wonder what his average is. That's actually probably worth looking up. His too. his Maybe. aerial, when I went on uh, FB ref, it was a while yeah. ago, I was looking at it. I mean, the amount of aerial duels that he won compared to the second place person in MLS is astonishing. I mean, it yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, maybe we post that. I mean, we yeah. can confirm that it's for sure all aerial duels, right? It's not just defensive aerial duels. I saw that I, on Twitter. No, I think it's aerial duels. I'm Perfect. Almost right. So then I'm, 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 I might post something about that for everybody yeah. listening. Like, yeah, like the, the next, stuff. like the next closest is one of the the Red Bull center backs, either Reyes or Nealis. I forget which one, wow. but they're second, wow. and they're like a distant second. That's a but, game changer. Yeah, aerial duels, man. Aerial duels. That's that's we're gonna that's we're gonna name this episode. There it is. There <laughs> All right, Brian. Is. Let's get into tap in 50-50 long shot. So if you guys are returning, again, we've said this a couple times. Thank you guys for coming back and mm-hmm. and trusting us with providing you guys with unsolicited uh, MLS fantasy advice. If you're new here, I'll just give you guys a brief synopsis of what the tap in 50-50 long shot is. Tap in is a chalk pick. Tap in is a guy that everybody is going to have you know uh Lionel Messi the last time I looked 42 percent ownership I'm shocked it's not higher um but that's a tap in we talked about how Cucho and all the goals scored in the Columbus crew versus Atlanta game like Cucho's a tap in and, and he's actually my tap in um it's a guy that you have to have in your lineup or you're going to be missing out on points 50 50 is you know a guy that you write in pencil and then you know maybe you erase it and switch it to another guy but it's a guy that's a little bit riskier um you know, maybe he has like a, there's just more risk to that play. Um, And then a long shot, a long shot is usually a cheaper guy, a guy that, you know, might be filling in for an injured player or a homegrown player or somebody on a team that you usually don't pick from, but you have, you know, some sneaky insight or a feeling that they're going to do well. That's what a long shot is. So Brian, let's get into our tap-ins first guys that we have to have this week. And I, I will preface this by saying, yes, you're going to have to have Messi, probably going to have to have Busquets, probably going to have to have Gressel, probably going to have to have Chicho Arango, some guys from those teams. Double game week players you're going to have to have. I think we're kind of targeting, other than Brian's 50-50, we're targeting a lot of the single week player guys. That's where a lot of differential is going to be this week. That is where you're going to earn your value and kind of start to separate yourself in week one. Brian, who is your tap-in? Yeah, my tap in this week is Lucho Acosta at nine million. Uh, I was really high on him last year. I think I even uh, kind of placed a bet. I mean, not for 
anything substantial, but just like that he was going to outperform Almada the rest of the year. And, and he went on to win the MVP. So I was very, very high on him last year. And I'm extremely high on him again to start this year. He had one goal and two assists against Toronto last season. And FCC, like we said earlier, put three goals up in each of their matchups. So he's likely to be involved in some of that action. If that sort of trend continues, Acosta has had at least one goal contribution in last four games against Toronto, three goals and two assists in total. Uh, FCC has won all four of those matchups, putting in 10 goals with a plus seven goal differential. And Acosta has had 11 goals and 10 assists. Now, granted, some of those are second assists. So I have to, we're going to have to kind of reassess now that MLS is accounting for second assists, but the MLS fantasy game is only counting for assists. So you're going to have to just work on some readjustment as we progress through the season there. But he had 11 goals and 10 assists at home last season. Uh, FCC is the biggest betting favorite, like we said earlier, at 76% win probability and only a 7% chance of getting shut out. So since he is set to score and Lucho is most likely uh, going to be involved in some of that scoring action, I'm totally willing to bet on him big this weekend. All right, so his uh, rhyming name partner, uh, Cucho, not Lucho, Cucho, the the other Ohio team, the the talisman, the striker, the playmaker, Cucho Hernandez, uh, four goals and 25 shots and four starts versus Atlanta in 2023. So that volume is there. The production is there as well. The crew led the league in scoring in 2023, and Atlanta gave up the second most goals from open play with 50, and they lost Miles Robinson. Cucho is uh, tied third most goals at home last year out of all players in MLS. And he's so much more than just the crew's number nine. He's one of the best playmakers in all of MLS ranked second out of all MLS fantasy forwards and assists last year with 11 Carlos Vela topped him. He had 12. So for all of those reasons, Cucho Hernandez's crew's number nine is my tap into the week. Brian, who is your 50, 50. My 50-50 is Diego Luna. Like we said, um, double game week for RSL, and I like his price point at 7 mil. He had eight goal contributions, five goals, three assists in just 1,200 minutes last season. Uh, he had four goals in his last five starts, including playoffs. We really started to turn it on towards the end of the season, and he's likely to be a key contributor for RSL again this year. He tied for the most open play chances created per 90, tied with Reynoso. Uh, that's, that's incredible. Great. That's insane. Crazy, 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 crazy stat. So at 7 mil, that's a ridiculously good price point, especially when he's on one of the only midfielders on a double game week. Yeah. Uh, the Dimers are giving RSL a 68 percent chance to find a goal against Miami and also RSL also play a second matchup against St. Louis where they have a 70 percent chance of finding a goal since he's one of their main attacking threats right now is that's what how it looks like going into the season they have a pretty decent chance of scoring at least a goal um, within both of those matchups which gives me um, definitely a decent amount of hope that he could be involved in at least one of those throughout those two matchups which then I mean just again be him being on a double game week while the rest of the league is not. This is a pretty, for me, it seems like a pretty decently safe 50 50 option at the price point he has when he's, I mean, Diego Luna with two games um, for me beats out a lot of pretty good midfielders given only one game. So yeah, I'd a, say there's a pretty decent, there's a pretty safe 50 50, but again, he's a player that probably wasn't used all that often last season, but I think this could easily be a big, a big year for him and one of those young players coming up that could be started to highlight in a decent amount of fantasy lineups. Yeah. He's a high end 50, 50, like almost yeah. low end tap in 
really. Yeah. But that's that's a really good pick. You got to have him in your lineup. Um, but just at that price point and how he's he's young and he didn't start a lot last year. That's just you know he, yeah. he got a lot of his run after after League's Cup. He really blew up. So yeah, but he didn't his, give up that starting spot after that League's Cup, right? So he kind right. of grew into that role. Yeah. And now it's like yeah, that's I mean, his that's his spot. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's a locked in starter for RSL. He's going to be a primary chance creator now that Demir Krylak is gone. Now that Savarino is gone, like that is that is his yeah. team to kind of put on his back and and again be that primary chance creator that they need him to be my 50 50 this week is going to be Austin's primary playmaker, Sebastian Driussi at eight mil. Driussi has scored in three straight matches versus the loons. They're playing at home. He had 11 goals, five assists last season. He has scored in each of the last two Austin FC home openers. But again, those are all lovely stats, but there are a lot of other good midfielders that are playing at home that are play that play for better teams that have, better matchup so whereas you know diego luna is a pretty safe 50 50 Driussi is going to be you know a little bit more of a difficult one you could compare here to an alan, not an alan velasco um you know martino hate a who am i who am i blanking on in orlando right now i keep i, I keep missing um uh, yeah. Torres, Facundo Torres, yeah. like Facundo Torres is a guy that I've went back and forth on Daniel Gazdog. Like there's a lot of guys at eight mil right now, that same price point. Like you're going to have to, you know, you're, you're going to have to problem solve and you're going to have to, you know, make your choice and you're going to have to live with it because you only got so much money and you're only going to be able to fill, um, you know, put so many eight mil guys in your lineup right now. Drewsy has been in and out. I like his record against Minnesota United though. So, I could convince myself to put him back in, but that is why Sebastian Giussi is, is my 50, 50, Brian, let's get into the long shots, man. Who do you have? Yep. So I've got, uh, I'm, I'm keying in on the Kai Wagner suspension and I've got Matthew Rial at five mil as a possible spot starter for week one. Uh, he was off in the replacement last year. I mean, Wagner only missed, uh, I think it was six starts in MLS last season. Rial got five starts. So he clearly was one of the, one of the replacements in those situations. Um, Philadelphia was also one of the better defensive home teams, even though we kind of talked about how they kind of regressed to the mean a bit. That was just because of how fantastic they were in 2022. They still were great, especially at home, only allowing 13 goals against. Um, and, and I think it was eight, eight clean sheets at home last season. So there's still plenty of opportunity for them to keep one. Uh, and at a five mil bet, like Matthew Rial, uh, he could easily be a cheap spot start um, for the clean sheet. And, you know, just a great way to potentially save some money to spend it bigger, um, in midfield and forward, especially if he does indeed start. I mean, you're talking about a five mil defender um, that essentially could give you the money to spend on Messi. If you're at the eight or nine mil range at your forward and, and Matt Real uh, is start, you know, ends up getting the start for sure. Then you're essentially saving. I mean, you can save that two mil there instead of spending the seven mil in a more premium option. Yep. Um, and getting getting your upgrade in forward like again like Messi who who's just like so much higher than in value than a lot of these other uh forwards that are that are worth worthwhile now there is another asterisk is um Harial is also likely to potentially start and then Baizo plays the right Harial goes in on the left which is how it went during the playoff run last yeah. season uh, when, when, yeah, left. that's right that's right yeah when Wagner got suspended then so that's also another thing to keep in mind on. In mind on. Um, now it's only a 0.5 mil difference between Harial and Real, so you know just another thing to keep in mind there. I would say no matter what, because we know Wagner for sure is missing 
there's going to be a value option at fullback in Philadelphia with a like a prime home game where an opportunity for a clean sheet seems decent. Uh, they have a 41% chance of keeping the clean sheet based on what Dimer's uh, probability is providing. So I'm definitely keying in on some of those value options at fullback in Philadelphia this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I have Nate Harriel in my lineup right now. I think he's he's set for a pretty big year. Everything I've seen out of uh, Philadelphia Union Twitter, a lot of the guys that cover the team, it's Nate Harriel has been a, a bright spot to that team on that right-hand side, on both sides of the ball, but especially on the attacking side of the ball. He's looked really, really good from some of the highlights that I've seen. And he was pretty good on set pieces last year. He scored a couple goals as well. So there's some, there's some goal scoring upside there as well. Not a lot, but you know, it, it's good for a fullback. And then, so my long shot is going to be a guy that you've probably never heard of. I, I hadn't really heard of him until recently when I was scouring Twitter, but Herbert Endeley, FC Dallas wingback. He was the 24th overall pick in this year's MLS Super Draft out of Indiana, Indiana University. So, like, I this is a, a super long shot, a super draft pick, super long shot. He's a forward converted into a wing back in Dallas's 3-4-3 setup. He's had three goals this preseason. He started a number of their preseason games. And with Jesus and Musa out this weekend, chances of him slotting in to a starting spot are a bit more likely, it feels like. And he's a good four mil option to gain value if he does perform well, as he's listed as a defender with a high attacking upside. So, you know, when you think of this guy playing a right wing back, think of Julian Russell for the crew last year or any of these wingbacks that get super high and are basically midfielders. Like that's what he is. Three goals this preseason as a wingback. Um, that's pretty good. And at a four mil price point, like he's not going to be in my starting lineup, but if you can use one of your bench spots, if you can find a guy that's going to start, um, and, you know, he's also at home. If he starts, he does well. Like there's a chance that I don't think he's going to shoot up value wise, but like if he does well, it shoots me up. Uh, he gets 4.5 mil next week and I get a half a mil in my budget just from picking this guy on my bench and he he adds some value. Um, so there is a, some benefit to approaching your your strategy this week like that. So Sounds like a prime Caleb Wiley for 2024. Essentially, essentially. So we, we shall see how that pans out for me. I hope it pans out well. But Brian, now let's get into start bench sell. So... Again, for you guys that are new, this is going to be a section where Brian and I have not revealed three players to one another, but I'm going to basically I have a, a lineup conundrum. I have an issue. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I give Brian three players. He decides which one to start, which one to bench, and which one to sell. Should be pretty simple, uh, straightforward to the point. Brian, go ahead and give me a – hit me first. Yep, I will. All right, so I've got um, – we have two double game weeks, right? We got Real Salt Lake and Miami. And I feel like Miami, for the most part, pretty locked in in terms of what your options are. But what I'm look interested in is uh, Salt Lake. Since they have two away games, but they're still on a double game week compared to most of the other teams in this league. Sure. What are your um, – I'm trying to, I'm interested in what your potential options are and how you're thinking about some of the players on, on Salt Lake. So I've got Chicho. At 8.5 mil at forward. We've got Luna at 7 mil. Obviously, just talked about him as a 50-50 player. Mm -hmm. And then Vera at 6 mil. So three different positions in Salt Lake. Start bench sell. How are you kind of seeing them based on their price point, position, and, and value and everything like that? Based on the fact that they also have two road games, Miami and then St. Louis on the weekend. Okay. 
we're going to go super simple here. Um, <laughs> not going to overcomplicate it. Diego Luna is going to be my starter. He's yep. in my lineup right now. Again, primary chance creator for a team on a double game week. Go ahead and lock him in, right? Um, although some of those bonus points have been taken away, I, I like his amount of touches on the ball and how many chances that he's going to have to produce something. Chicho is going to be my 50-50. If I had some money to mess around with and do some sort of switcheroo, like he would be a prime option, obviously. You know, wait, see what he does on Wednesday. If you don't like it, throw somebody else in your starting lineup. Um, so if we were later on in the season, like that's a perfect switcheroo situation. So Chicho is going to be my 50-50. And then um, there's just so many better defensive options this week um, than, than picking an RSL defender. Not that that's a, a bad pick whatsoever, but playing against Miami to start the season, I just don't like that narrative whatsoever. All, although Miami had a really bad preseason, like I, I could see them scoring a number of goals against RSL to open up the year in Miami. And then again, they play St. Louis, who, although I think that they will have a bit of regression, they were a pretty good team last year. Yeah. Um, so, could score goals for sure. They could score, score goals, especially at home. Yeah, for sure. So I have Vera will be my my guy. I'm gonna sell. So, yeah. all right, Brian. Let me let me give mine to you. So I I am in a conundrum. Like I said, like I could drop a lot of points this week because I'm I'm the guy that likes to be different, right? So like I have Messi in right now, but you know Messi's ten mil. He's the most expensive guy in the game. You know how much flexibility, roster flexibility. We talk about it in the MLS all the time. If you yeah. get rid of Messi. You know, you can just do so, so much with your lineup. If you hear a dog barking in the background, I'm sorry. When we record, my dogs are usually asleep on the couch, but it's daylight outside and everybody's off work. So my dogs are seeing everybody doing yard work and they're losing their minds. So if you hear them, I apologize. Okay. It's, it's a part of podcasting, I suppose. It's part of dog fatherhood. Um, so again, like I might drop messy. Okay. So I have three options where if I drop messy, it gives me some roster flexibility. Okay. So my first one, they're three different positions. So I'm mm -hmm. going to drop Messi. I'm going to go with uh, Alvaro Barrial, 7 mil at home versus Toronto FC. So in addition to picking up Barrial, that leaves me with 3 mil to upgrade my roster. Mm -hmm. Hani Mukhtar versus New York Red Bulls at 8.5 mil. That would leave me with 1.5 mil to upgrade my roster somewhere else. Or... Aaron Bupenza versus Toronto FC as well. So two Cincinnati players here. He's eight mil. That would leave me with two mil left to upgrade my roster. Start bench sell. I mean, I think for me, I mean, I've got to lock in Barrio this week. I for sure, I mean, regardless of whether or not I end up keeping Messi in my lineup or not, I'm still probably going premium with, with Barrio. Uh, He's just such an attacking threat, and they love using him as an attacking threat in Cincinnati. And they've got just like an awesome matchup against Toronto, so I've got to start him. And if I, and if I don't play Messi, I mean, I have to have him in there. I have to have him in there. Right. Um, I'd say then I'm probably going to do. I mean, I'm going to stick it with Cincinnati because they're prime matchup, and 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 bench Bupenza. Although I'm honestly. I'm gonna put a note in. I might even just go cheaper and go Corey Baird. Hey, hey, and and go real value. If you're gonna skip out a Messi for a value strike, I mean, I might as well go all value. Go Corey Baird, and then right. really ramp up the rest of my lineup from there. That right. might even be the best route. I think I've, I've been pretty high on him, and he's at what six point five, I think, or something like that. He's lower than Bopenza, 
might be in the Barrial range as well. But at forward, that's a pretty decent value option. Um, so I might be looking at at that if I were to even go save save on money with dropping Messi and put in a value option to then amp up the rest of my lineup. I'm thinking. I mean, Popenza is definitely my bench, but I would just, I want to throw the Corey Baird name out there as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, and then Mukhtar. So just because the matchup, I mean, we talked about matchups being key. Mukhtar out of these three, worst matchup. And also gives you the less value to amp up the rest of your lineup. So it's like a double negative there. Okay. I figured that was going to be a situation that a lot of MLS fantasy players were, you know, yep. maybe not going to do take Messi out, but it's like, it's something that's crossed everybody's mind. Like, what can I do with my lineup? If I take Messi out, let's play around with it a little bit. And that's something that I've done. I don't know if I'll, I'll stick to that, but we will see. So thank you for that advice, Brian. Um, I think that about wraps up our episode, Brian. I don't think we have too many fan mailbag questions that um, we didn't already, already touch. I had one of my buddies reach out to me and ask about, how do you fit Georgie Mihailovic in there with Diego Luna? And I told him we'd get to it. So I think it's pretty simple. I think this week you don't on Georgie uh, just because they're away uh, against a, a Portland team that's upgraded their defense. They get Eric Williamson back. I don't think you bring Georgie into this game. You, you ride Diego Luna, who's a, a low-end tap and high-end 50-50 double game week midfielder. So to answer that question, there's that. And then the only other one I saw uh, came to us last week, I believe. It was from Jimmy Smith out of Philadelphia. He asked about the... Uh, best defender for Orlando, um, a guy that's been there for a while, Robin Janssen, um, and then maybe Brecolo, their new center back they just signed. Santos is also a good one. So, again, we talk about the center backs and how they've kind of been devalued with this new point system. Having one of their fullbacks and even Michael Holiday, super cheap. I believe he's a homegrown, plays right back. Kyle Smith yeah. is another guy as well. Like they have some cheaper guys that play on on the wings. Um, Tor Halson as well. I don't know if you saw yeah, any of his yeah. game last year, but I, I really yeah, like yeah. the way he got forward and kind of combined with Facundo Torres at times last year. Uh, but again, I don't know if they have a locked in back line yet, especially on the fullbacks. Yeah, um, I mean, with the guy by the Halson, I liked I liked the way he played a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested in whether or not he gets starts. Yeah, and they call him Thor. So, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good one, right? Okay. Yep, there it is. All right, well, Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. I got to take a pee, and I think we've covered everything in MLS Fantasy for this week. There it is. So, see, the the glory of just being able to listen to a podcast is, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you can pee at the same time. I can't record and pee at the same time unless I'm recording on my toilet. So, I got to get off here, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that outro, but yeah. You're yeah, right. guys. All right. Thank you for thank you for listening to season two, episode one of the Dropping Points MLS Fantasy Podcast. Best of luck this week. Like I said, we're gonna drop the link to the episode on Twitter, the link to the Dropping Points Fantasy League on Twitter as well. And you guys have fun, man. Enjoy, enjoy the banter, enjoy the league, enjoy the games. MLS is back, baby. From Brian Mauer and I. Peace. Peace.